Let's open up our Bibles to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Today we're going to be talking about young earth creation. It's the view of the Bible. It was the view of those in the scientific revolution. And it's still the view of the good scientists today who are honest with the truth. So let's look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. If you're new, we're in a worldview series. We're studying the lenses by which we look at the world. When you look at a beautiful sunset, do you say to yourself, look at what nothing, hap- look what nothing created when it exploded billions of years ago and evolved into that? Is that how you look at a sunset? Or do you look at a sunset and say, look at what God made? When you look at your neighbor, do you say, look at this ape-like creature next to me? That came from the goo through the zoo. Or do you look at the person next to you and go, this is somebody made in the image of God. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Let's see what the Bible has to say. In the beginning, God created. You can't go four words in our Bible without hearing the word God. You can't go five words without hearing the word created. So I want to ask everybody right here, do you believe in the fourth word of the Bible? God, do you believe in the fifth word of the Bible? Created. So there shouldn't be an argument today. Now, there may be scientists who are Christians that disagree over certain scientific facts, but there should be no Christian that disagrees over what we're going to read right now. If we believe in a God who can split the Red Sea, if we believe in a God who can raise the dead, we ought to believe in a God who can create what we see now coming up next. Now, let me ask you a question. If I get a PhD next to my name, does that give me reasons to stop believing in God? If I get a PhD next to my name, does that give me reasons to stop believing he created? No, of course not. Getting more education does not change. There's a God who created. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right there on the very first sentence, we see God creates matter, space, and time, and then he creates the earth, and not only heaven singular, but heavens plural, because he created the heavenly realms where the angels would be. That means before this sentence right here, God dwelt by himself, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There was no place called heaven. There were no thrones. There were no angels. Right here in the first verse, we learn about heavens, matter, space, and time, and earth, and heavenly realms, angels, and all of those things. That's where Satan was created. That's where the throne of God was created. This is where earth was created. Heavens and earth, that's still day one. Keep going. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. God said, let there be light, and light argued with God. Light said, that's not scientific, God. No, God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good and separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening and morning the first day. Now, there's a few things that we need to see right here is when God created light, did he create a light bulb? Did he use the sun? No, he said, let there be light and it emanated from himself. I believe God did this purposely so that we as Christians would not be foolish enough to try to fit in evolution into this worldview right here. Evolution needs the sun and other stars to do things. Our God says, I give life all by myself. Light emanated from God. Now, at this point, you're saying, I don't know if I can believe God can be the source of light. Do you know that the last book of the Bible, last chapter, Revelation upon the new earth, God himself is the light. There's no more sun. 
So you got to understand what you're talking about when you start disagreeing with the book of Genesis. Now, does this sound like a parable to you? Does this sound like hypothetical language? Sounds pretty serious to me. God's laying it out through the author Moses. And then now some people may want to make this be time periods. As Peter said, a, a thousand years is like a day to the Lord. Well, maybe these are days that are longer time periods. First of all, it says that's what it's like for God. Time is like nothing to God. That's all that sentence means. A thousand years is just like a day. But he is clear here what kind of day it is. Remember, he's talking to people that understand evening and morning. There's an evening and a morning. What do you call that? A day. That's a day, my friends. An evening and a morning is a day. Now, notice they ended their days when the sun went down. So we start a new day in the middle of the night, which is a little bit crazy. If you didn't have a clock, you would have no idea when midnight was and a new day started. For them, God made it really simple. When you see the sun go down, that's the end of one day, and a new day has started. So morning for them was around 6 o'clock. That was morning. And then mid-morning was when it got dark and, uh, you know, midnight and all of those things. And then starting with the sun coming out was the beginning part of the afternoon. And then when you get the evening sun setting. That's a day. It's really simple to see God is saying, and one day, what did he make? Matter, space, and time, heavenly realms with the angels and the earth. I believe in that God. Does anybody believe in that God, that a God can create like that? Okay. Now let's keep going. Verse 6, and then God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate the water from the water. So God made the vault Excuse me, God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. So there's just a lot of water and vault going on here. Just get the idea here. God called the vault sky, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. Somebody say sky. So when he first makes the earth, he makes the earth as a ball of water. Now he's separating water that's on the earth and water that's in the atmosphere. How many know water is in the atmosphere? That's where it goes. It gets evaporated up into the atmosphere, and then it comes down. There was evening and morning, second day. That, does this sound like a parable to you? Okay, so do you think that 6,000 years after this, we should now call this a parable and listen to what Darwin has to say? No, I'm still believing what my Bible has to say, and I'm going to show you smart scientists that do. But not only that, the entire scientific revolution, those who developed calculus, uh, Francis Bacon, those who developed the scientific method, believed in this. So this doesn't stop you from doing science. It just stops you from being stupid. Amen? This stops you from being stupid thinking you came from the goo. Okay? This is going to show you where you came from. Now, verse 9. Then God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. So there's ground now. And then he called that dry, dry ground land and gathered the waters, and he called those seas, and God said that it was good. Now notice this right here. If you don't believe in a God of creation and you call yourself a Christian, and I do believe you can go to Christian doing, doing and believing dumb things, okay? So if everybody, had to go to, uh, if everybody had to be smart to go to heaven, not a lot of people would be there because I've met a lot of Christians that aren't smart. So I know Christians try to put evolution in here. But understanding what you're saying against our God, you're saying our God doesn't make good Good things because when you follow through evolution, everything's dying and survival of the fittest, and it is a mess. It is a mess when you look at the evolutionary system. But God shows Himself off right here as a good creator. Now, notice He doesn't make a baby earth so that it will grow over time, He doesn't make baby land, He's making it all at once, just like with, with Adam and Eve. He doesn't make them babies and have them grow when it comes to the garden, He doesn't make seeds and make it grow, He's making it all at once. Of course, there'll be babies that grow and then seeds that grow, but it's showing how we made it first. So what comes first, the chicken or the egg? According to God, what comes first? 
the chicken. He creates the chicken first, so he makes the dry ground. He calls it good. Now he says, let the land, now notice this is all the word of God. God is speaking. And he says, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. This word is going to be very prevalent now in this part of the scripture, after their kind. After their kind. This is the same thing with animals. This is the same thing with plants. Everything's going to be in a category of its kind. Kinds will not switch. Birds will not become dogs. Dogs will not become dinosaurs. Worms will not become people. They will stay within their kinds. And it was so. And the land produced vegetations. Plants bearing seed according to their kinds. Trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their what? Kinds, thank you. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning. That was the third day. Still no sun. <laughs> I just love my God. He's saying, you ain't going to put evolution in here. I'm the creator, Jack. I'm the sun for the first three days. He doesn't even make the sun until the fourth day to show you how powerful he is. So don't try to mess with his word. Believe in the God of miracles. You're just saying about him, Amen. Okay, then God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. So now we know there's stars and they serve a reason and it was so. Now God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. And then he made the stars. God set, the, the, God set them in the vault of the sky to give the light on the earth, to govern the day and night, to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good, and, that was ev- and there was evening and morning the fourth day. Now, sometimes people try to get really smart, and they go, hey, man, you know, it says there was two lights. We know the moon's not a light. Of course, but does the moon give light? Yes, it reflects light. Have you ever seen moonlight? We under- Have you ever seen moonlight? Do you see the object called the moon shining light over the lake if you go there? Isn't that beautiful? Now, of course, God doesn't have to give us an entire science book, but he's speaking to them in a way they can understand. Now we understand the moon reflects light, but is it not a source of light? Yes, it is. There's nothing there that contradicts. That's the fourth day. Then God said, let the water teem with living creatures. Let the birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing in the water that teems and the things that move about in it according to their kinds. And every winged bird according to its what? According to its kind. This is how God did it. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, be fruitful, increase in number, little birdies. Go out there and make more birdies. Little fish and fill the fish, uh, fill the water within the seas. Let the birds increase on the earth. And that was evening. And then there was morning. That was the fifth day. Any parabolic language here? Now let me ask you a question. Should a Discovery Channel documentary change what I believe about this? No, I don't let them change what I believe about heaven and hell. I don't let them change what I believe about Jesus rising from the dead, dying on the cross. I don't let them change what I believe about man and woman being made in the image of God. I'm not going to let them change what I believe. Let all of science be wrong and this be right before I ever change. But guess what? When they do science right, they'll prove this true every time. And now it says, here we go, getting to the sixth day. This is where you come about, okay? And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, the wild animals, each according to their kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds. You see the word kinds there. He's being pretty clear. You're not going to evolve into something else, and you didn't come from something else. Does everybody get what he's saying with kinds? He's saying it so many times. I don't know why Christians try to add an evolution into here. It makes no sense according to our Bible. In evolution, you need a son 
and you don't even have one because God's getting his shine on. And then in evolution, you've got to believe everything's come from the same kind, and yet our Bible's being so clear. It's according to their kinds, and you'll learn about that in just a moment. So God saw that it was good. Now here's where you come. And then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in the image of our likeness, different than these beasts and wild animals. So let them rule over the fish and the sea, birds in the sky, over the livestock, and over all the wild animals and all the creatures that move along the ground. Let's just stop right here and see if we believe this. Do y'all run things on this planet? Or does a Jurassic Park run things? Are y'all scared of them dinosaurs in those movies? They keep making them monsters and all these things. Who's running stuff right now? See, the Bible says we would be running it. There's what you can test and prove right now. You subjected, as a human race, the entire animal kingdom. You see, if the Bible wasn't true, there might have been bigger beasts living around the planet that these people didn't know about, and we would all be afraid of. Maybe they were intelligent beings. The Bible said here many, many years ago, you were the apex of God's creation, and you'll be able to subdue the whole thing. So as a matter of fact, we have to decide when we're done killing them. Do you understand? We decide when we're done. So why aren't there dinosaurs here? Because we killed them. Now, some of them might have died of natural causes, but most of the reason why there's not animals here that are that big is because we just ate them and kill them. We had to stop killing whales. You know how big a whale is? Somebody would go out on a little boat, harpoon the thing, and kill an entire whale. Did you know that? We had to say, stop killing them things. Let them be a little bit. Will you subdue the earth? Amen? Now, you may wish that something else subdued you because you believe you came from the goo, and now you want an alien to be one level higher than you. But that's not true. You're not going to be an alien's pet. You have pets. Amen? And you can eat them if you want. Did you know that? That's because of the fall. You can eat your dog, your cat. You can eat anything other than a human. That's what the Bible says, whether you like it or not. Let's make mankind in our image, and they'll rule over all these things. So now next time you see that dog, you can just say, I rule over you. Now treat it nice, though. The Bible says we should be kind even to the animals. And so when we, we eat those animals, we pray. Amen. We just thank the Lord for them because we, we bless the Lord that they were given up for our lives. We shouldn't just kill them to kill them. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And plurality, plurality, plurality. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth. Subdue it. Subdue it. Does that mean we don't care about the environment? No, we should care the most about it because who does it belong to? It belongs to our God. And he gave it to us, so we should care about the environment. Rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the earth and every tree that has fruit and seed in it. This will be food for you. So we originally created vegetarians. And guess what? We'll go back to being vegetarians. At the end of the book, we're vegetarians again. So I know some of you are disappointed. You want to keep eating meat. You won't be doing that after the thousand-year reign of Christ. We'll all go back to being vegetarian. The Bible says the lamb will lie with the lion. And you don't have permission to go over there and then take that lamb and go eat it or go take the lechon and do whatever you want to do with it, okay? We won't be eating them anymore. They, and it says the vegetables and those things, the fruit will be food for you. And to all the beasts of the earth and the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I have given green plant for food. So they were supposed to eat the food. There we go. And it was so. God saw that he had made all these things. It was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. See, if we contradict this, we're saying God did not make it good. Evolution is saying out of all the chaos and mess we've gotten here, but that's not the truth. Our Bible says he's a perfect creator. He's a good creator. He made it good, and we made the mess. Do you see just how that changes the perspective? 
You trying to always evolve and be a better you, we're going to be a better human race? No, no, no. We can't do that without God because we're the ones that messed up the human race. And then the Bible says he rested on the seventh day. So you want to get a summary of it? Here you go. Day one, matter, space, and time in the earth is made, as well as the heavenly places are made with the angels. Day two, God makes the atmosphere, separates the waters from the sky. Day three, he makes land and plant and plants upon the ground. Day four, he puts uh, sun and moon and stars in the sky. Day five, he makes the sea creatures, the air creatures. Day six, he makes the land creatures and he makes us. Do you believe that? So everything we do in science should be based on our perspective right here. This is my worldview. Now, some of you may think one more time to yourself, well, can we make evolution and all these things fit with it? Maybe it was symbolic. One last time, I'm going to show you this and then move on. Moses is the author of the first five books of the Bible. He wrote the book of Genesis. He also wrote the book of Exodus. Look at how clear Moses believed what God said about the days were, that he made the, the universe. Look at it. Exodus 20, 11. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. Is there any way around that sentence right there? No, there's not. And he rested on the seventh day. Now, what are we supposed to get a command from? Right here. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So did the Jews have to work six billion years to wait for their one day off? No, it was a six-day week and then a seventh day of rest. That was the entire Jewish calendar still remains to this day. Any questions, class? That's what we believe. The message should be over. I should be able to say, let's go draw the pictures of all the, uh, all the creatures God made. We should go draw pictures of parakeets and all these things. But you know what I got to do? I got to take the next 45 minutes and beat the snot of this world out of you now. I've got to beat the worldview out of you that they put in your head because so many of you call yourself Christians, but you don't believe that. And I've got to beat it out of you. I know I shouldn't say that word. I'm going to help you. But seriously, I do, don't I? i got to convince you now because somebody really smart wrote a textbook and put it in your hands, and now you may think, man, man, maybe the Bible's not right in that. Maybe these people are really smart, and my pastor's pretty, pretty dumb, and maybe this is what it is because, you know, they, they've got PhDs next to their name. My friends, PhDs don't make you smart. I can get a PhD just like them, but that doesn't make me smart, dumb, or anything. It's whether or not you have the truth. And I'm getting a doctorate in theology, and sometimes people say, well, that doesn't really matter much. I mean, you're talking about science. Do you know what Darwin had? A theology degree. Do you know what Sir Isaac Newton said he wanted to study more than anything else? The Bible. He wrote more about that than he did about physics. Most of the world up until this point has recognized the Christian basis for everything we've done scientifically. It's from that book we call the Bible. So I'll take the Bible over science any day. But guess what? I can have the Bible and science. It's like, do you want to be happy or rich? I didn't know I had to choose. Can I be both happy and rich? Both, please. Well, do you want God and science or either or? I want God and science. Somebody say, help us, Jesus. So let me help beat the worldview out of you, if you have it still in you. How many want the right worldview? How many need some help today, though? Be honest, okay? Let me tell you what we believe. The Bible says that he made the earth in six days, 24-hour days, about 6,000 years ago. How do we know it was 6,000 years ago? Because you can go to the Bible and see the genealogies. 
You can see how old the earth is according to the Bible of when this happened. Roughly 6,000 years ago, the Jewish people's calendar is right around uh, 5,600 years. I, I think they have probably more of a specific number because they have a great way of keeping their genealogy. So that's about how old the earth is, no more than 6,000 years old. So that's what we believe as Christians. Now, you can have questions here, and I don't want to tease you too much, but I really want to help you get a different worldview. Now, if this was all the definition of evolution, we would believe it. And evolution, in a simplistic form, is basically change over time from your parents, heritable characteristics of biological populations changing over successive generations. And so when you look at Darwin, who was famous for coming up with the theory, but it was believed before him, but he kind of popularized it, he was on an island in the Galapagos Islands there, and he saw four different kinds of finches. Now, there were some Christians at this time that saw every living thing as an individual creation of God. And so those Christians were wrong. Those Christians were wrong. So they would look at these kind of finches and go, God created that one and that one and that one and that one. And they all came perfectly from the Garden of Eden, and now that's the way they look. And so he was arguing against what we call a straw man because Christians did not believe that at that time and did not have to believe that. We believe in change over time within species. So he looked at that and came up with the, the logical conclusion, well, this all came from a worm 10,000 years ago. That's the conclusion he came up with. Is that what you come up with when you see birds like this? They all came from a worm 10,000 years ago, and a banana is their relative. That's what he came up with. Well, what was he supposed to come up with? What was the simple solution? God made an original finch, and over time, finches change. How many can believe that? You see, because when we start talking about evolution, this is what they're really talking about now. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen, the table of life. This is where you came from 4.5 billion years ago. Something exploded out of nothing, and then we don't know what happened here. We just draw lines, and then you came up right here. Now, ladies and gentlemen, meet your great, 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 great grandpa, and then over time, he became a little bit of a worm, and then here's your great uncle, that jellyfish right there. Oh, and there you go, boys and girls, and then some we're around here. We have no idea. Oh, boop, we'll just put you here. You're a naked caveman or woman. Now do you understand why we don't believe evolution? How did we go from a finch's beak changing to where it lived on the island based upon the fruit it was eating to now believing we came from some uh, nothing exploding and then coming from a chemical goo all the way through the zoo to you? Makes absolutely no sense. That's not where you came from, my friends. The Bible tells us clearly where we came from. The world wants to try to say, we all came from one living thing that kept spreading and spreading, so at one time you were this, whatever in the world that is, then you were a worm, and you were a fungi, and then you were a butterfly, and then you were a dinosaur. No, what do we believe as Christians? We believe God created them according to their kind. So guess what? God created one butterfly, and then it started to change, and now there's many butterflies. He created one kind of, of, of tree here, and it changed, and God created this kind of a dinosaur, and it changed, and God created this kind of a worm. And so we believe in the original, having the DNA needed to make variations. So let's just look at the feline kind, the feline kind. How many know where that comes from? What word is feline? Cat, right? Let's just look at probably God's first cat. When he created a cat, that cat was able to have babies. And as babies start having other babies, different genes begin to get shared. And so you can have a house cat out of a cat. You can have a jaguar out of God's original cat. You can have a lion. You can have a cheetah. So what does this prove, boys and girls, that you came from a worm 10.5 million years ago? 
No, it simply shows that just like there's different kinds of skin colors here and eye colors and shapes and sizes of us here, God did that in each kind. Each kind can have a variety of species or a variety of makeup. Doesn't that match the science that we show today? Have we ever seen a cat produce a non-cat? Can they prove that in the fossil record? Can they go back 10 billion years and prove it? No, they can't. They'll try to show you these little pretty pictures that they make to convince you something at one time was a precursor to a cat, but they're just guessing. And as they continue to make these guesses, they make wrong guesses. And every time we as Christian creationists point this out, they now deny it and then try to cover it up. Let me just give you an example. Okay, let's just all make this real plain. Imagine this follow the story here. A guy thought he died. He woke up and he thought he was dead, okay? He's walking around, and he thinks he's in purgatory. His family tries to convince him he's alive, but everything they do, he just keeps saying back, no, this, this is purgatory. This is what it would be like if I was really dead. So finally, they bring him to a doctor, and the doctor says, let me check your heart. See, if you were dead, you wouldn't have a heartbeat. And he goes, no, this is all part of the purgatory. So then the doctor got really smart, and he goes, okay, let me, let me think here. Can a dead person bleed? And the guy goes, no, I don't think a dead person can bleed. He goes, okay, great. He pokes him with a pen, and he shows him, you're bleeding. Now, what does the man do? He goes, oh, so dead people can bleed. You see, that's how people are. So guess what? Dinosaurs were supposed to live 100 million, million years ago. But guess what? We found dinosaurs now with tissue. And we found them with blood vessels. So what do the scientists do? They conclude that dinosaurs must have lived 100 million years ago, and we never knew flesh could last so long. Oh, man, now we know blood vessels can last over 100 million years. I just read the article. I have over 100 hours. Let me just make a little stop here. I have over 100 hours of research for you on my notes today. So get them. If you haven't got the app already, download our app. 100 hours. Say it with me, 100 hours. 100 hours of research just waiting for you if you think I'm glossing over things. So when we look at evolution, we're not arguing over change. We believe in change. Stop saying Christians don't believe in change. We believe in it. We just don't believe that we came from the goo through the zoo to you. So what's the problem? The problem is, is that they know that their belief system is not compatible with our Bible. And so what do they use this for in the world today? They use it to attack our Bible, don't they? Okay, now watch. While they're attacking our Bible with their evolutionary system, what are we as Christians doing? I love this picture. Take a look at it. We have some who are smart saying, I'm such a smart Christian, I'm going to blow up my own Bible and say Genesis is not even real. Helping the atheists, the unbelievers. Then you got this guy over here in the green shirt. He's just gone to a conference and figured out how to be the best him, the best self he can be. So he's just, boo, just shooting off things off in the middle of nowhere. He don't care about a culture war going on as long as he got his good conference feelings. Now, this guy over here in the red, he's a little sassy. He's going to blow up his fellow Christian. Hey, man, I'm just going to blow you up. That's easy enough. And then you got the guy on the top. I'm just going to go to sleep. I don't even need to worry about this. And then the one guy, God bless his heart, he's going to attack abortion. He's going to attack all these things. But, hey, let me ask you a question. If they believe we're just primates, why is abortion wrong in their worldview? Why are you trying to stop them from doing what they believe according to that view? You need to take away their foundation that we're not just animals. And where I will take you today will be shocking. Where I will take you today, not only in the past, 
but right now will be shocking to what this world is doing off their evolutionary worldview. So what do they tell our children? Now think about this. This is the first time in human history and the first time in this, in this uh, country that our children are going to school not being able to told, be told about a creator. See no creator, hear no creator, speak. They can't even talk about a creator. What is the science books afraid of? What are these professors afraid of? Why can't we preach the same gospel that Sarah Isaac Newton preached? Why can't we talk about the same things of those who discovered the scientific method? Are we really that much smarter? No, we're running from God. It's a worldview issue, isn't it? And so I want every young person to look up at this picture. Don't let Darwin make a monkey out of you. Because here's the deal, and especially we as parents, we should not be surprised if they act like animals when we taught them that's all they were. If we tell them all they are is animals, and then they act like animals, what's the problem? And now, all adults, I want you to look at this because you know what? When you teach a politician in his ethics class, he's nothing but an animal. What's he going to be like when he runs for office? If we treat each other this way and we act this way, we, there's nothing wrong with corruption. Get away with as much as you can. Don't let evolution make a monkey out of you. Now, some people say, well, it's all about the evidence. It's all about the evidence. No, it's not, because we're all looking at the same exact evidence. You look at the evidence of dino tissue, and you go, yeah, he probably lived only a few thousand years ago. They look at it and go, oh, well, dino tissue can last 100 million years. It's the same dino tissue. How is it we're coming up with totally two different answers? It's because what we started with as our worldview. When we look at the world as God's creation, we're going to look for the signs of a young earth, a young universe, one human race. We're going to look through animals having kinds. That's how we're going to see the world. But if you see the world through nothing exploding over billions of years and then from the goo through the zoo, then you're going to look at everything through those lenses. So we got the same hardware. We got the same evidence. It's just we're operating on different systems. And so really ask yourself this question. Who's the one that has blind faith? Who's the one that's really playing make-believe today? It's really the non-Christian, the evolutionist. We show them all the time. We have made predictions. They say, oh, you guys just make fun of us, and you catch us when we make mistakes. But you know what? You don't add anything to the table. Christians add things to the table all the time. We're astronauts. The inventor of the MRI was a Christian. I could keep you here all day, astrophysicists. But you know what? They don't ever want to give us credit because they think they can do science without God. And that's why we come back to the question is, hey, how did you get a brain? How did you get a brain out of this? I want to know. How did you get common sense out of this? Where did logic come from? Are you going to show me where logic came from? Oh, and this little thing, this little molecule right here that you think is so stupid has more information than most libraries in it. Where did that come from? You see, who's the one really playing make-believe? And so now today evolutionists are realizing their, pro their, their theory is bankrupt and they're calling it a third way. They're trying to come up with other answers, but it's really them that are blind. I'm going to show you where evolution leads, but let me get you there first because I want to show you a few more things. So why is it today that they're rejecting the truth of God? Well, ask yourself a question. Why did you reject the truth of God? The same reason why people in the scientific world are rejecting the truth of God is the same reason why I, as a Christian, became a backslider and started committing sins all the time. Let's just think of stuff we really understand. Let's not use a telescope or a microscope. How about this? How many of y'all know what a lie is, but how many of y'all still tell them? Okay? It's the same thing. 
They are suppressing the knowledge of God because they don't want the God of the Bible to be there. Because if there's a God who created everything in six days, that's a powerful God, isn't there? And that means the laws of that God we should take serious. So what does Romans chapter 1, verse 18 and onward say? The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness. And just think about that for a second. What is godlessness? Godlessness is trying to live life without God. We'll explain it. We'll explain it. And we'll do it without God. And every time they do, they contradict themselves. They say, I believe in a big bang. And we ask them, who banged it? And what bang, by the way? Oh, I don't know, and that's not important. It's not? Isn't that where everything came from? And then they say to you as a Christian, well, that doesn't sound logical. You guys believe that a serpent actually talked? That's not logical. We'll just ask him like this. In a godless world, where did logic come from? For us, logic comes from our God. Where did logic come from? Did it come from the dirt, the molecules? Does that little DNA have logic in it? It says the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people. Watch. Who suppress the truth with their wickedness. They're suppressing the truth. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. Is there anybody on judgment day going to be able to say, Oh, you know, this wasn't obvious to me, God, that you were a creator. I actually believe that, and you should have did a better job of convincing me that that evolutionary spiral was wrong. No, the Bible says every time they go into a laboratory, every time somebody on your job says they believe this, they are like a person that's in a pool with a ball, holding it down, going, there's no ball, there's no ball, and the whole time the ball is trying to come right back up. They're holding it down in their conscience. They're going against the natural order for them to say that there is no creator and that he did not make it like this. The Bible says they suppress God. Verse 20, for since the creation of the world. The Bible literally says the creation of the world is like an evangelist speaking to everybody today. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. Somebody say clearly seen. Thank you. Clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuses. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Can you understand this sentence? I am a married bachelor. Can you understand this? Can you understand this sentence? I can draw square circles. No, you just can't. You can't understand. It's impossible. It's an illogical statement, right? It's illogical. Watch this. Can you understand this? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Did I, did I say anything illogical? Was anything hard or confusing for you? God has so much power that matter, space, and time comes from his spoken word. If you and I can have apps for our children where they can put elephants like a stamp all over the place, you're saying our God can't put elephants on this planet? They do that on a computer. What do you think the world is to our God? This world of matter, space, and time is like a computer program to our God. It's nothing. But does he violate logic? No. He keeps logical truth in place because the Bible says in the beginning was the word, was logic. And that logic, that word was with God. So everything is in uniformity and in order. And so, yeah, you can look at the world and say, boy, this is complex. You could have gone to the garden and said, yeah, this tree would normally take about 50 years to grow, but he makes it in a day. He told us why he made it in a day. He wanted to show his power and his glory. He wanted to show us a work week. He went to work, created the universe in six days. He wants you now to go work for six days and do great things. Can I hear an amen? And so 
when we understand what happens in evolution, we'll see what it really turns into. What happened the last hundred years when people took evolution serious? Because that's about when it got popular. Because of evolution, Stalin killed over 20 million of his own people. Stalin was in seminary, read Darwin, became an atheist, became a communist. If you're a communist, you love atheism. And if you love atheism, you love communism. And if you love those things, you love evolution because it all fits in. It's all partnered together. He began to think to himself, there's no God. There's no morality. I can kill whoever I want in my government. Mao killed over 65 million people. You know why? Because he didn't believe they were people. He believed he had a superior race. Why did Hitler, he was a pagan, but why did Hitler use social Darwinism to kill over 10 million Jews? Because when he was killing them, he was doing it for the Aryan race. He was a social Darwinist. About 50 years before Darwin came to power, there was a man, a German philosopher. You want to know how the Germans, everybody look up at me. You want to know how the Germans went to being the seedbed of Reformation in the 1500s, 1600s, breaking away from the Catholic Church, being some of the smartest people on the planet, to putting Jews in ovens? It was because of evolution. He, Heckel here believed in evolutionary racism, and this is what he said. That in the state, it's okay to be harsh, to make laws, and to treat people with racism because you believe that one race is a more superior race. Now, let me ask you this. If there is evolution, and it's true, and we're looking at this from the goo through the zoo to you, is there not one branch that's better than the other? Come on. What would you rather have, a lion or a house cat? See? Come on. If you're looking at it right here, if you're looking at it right, it didn't take long for them to figure it out, folks. Pay attention, please, young people. It didn't take long to figure it out that if we're right here, there must be people right back here, and we don't need them anymore. Tell me why I can't. Tell me, let's say you're an evolutionist that's here right now and say, well, I don't want to do any of that. Tell me why someone else can't. I don't care if you want to or not. I'm glad there's a lot of uh, 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 evolutionist hypocrites today. I'm glad you're not living like a true evolutionist, like a, like a Hitler or a Mao. Thank you for not doing that. But I hope your hypocrisy brings you to Christianity because you need to realize you're not living by your worldview. You're living by mine when you're not acting like that because these people live totally like the animal kingdom because that's what evolution teaches you may say, Pastor, well, that was just way back then. We know we're so much smarter now. Do you know that Margaret Sanger started, listen, Margaret Sanger, who founded Planned Parenthood, through all these people like Hillary Clinton love and they praise and all these Hollywood actors praise, are responsible for killing 7 million children. And do you know that in her day she sterilized poor people and minorities? And where is Planned Parenthood mostly today, folks? Have you heard of the black genocide? Just one of my favorite black preachers was protesting in front of the African-American the festival, whatever they had, because most African-Americans don't know that Planned Parenthood was developed to keep you from having children. You want to see that in Darwin's own words, don't you? I'll give it to you in his own words. He wrote a second book called The Descent of Man. He said, the Western nations of Europe now so immeasurably surpass their formed savage progenitors that they stand at the summit of civilization. The civilized races of man will almost certainly exterminate and replace the savage races through the world. Yes, racism existed before Darwin, but everybody who was a racist loved Darwin, and they still love him to this day. Darwin taught that the weak in mind and body should not even be allowed to marry. 
You know what Stephen Gould said? He was an atheist. He was an atheist that wrote about atheism, and he was honest. And you know what he said? He said, you know what? Biological arguments for racism may have been common before 1850. It might have been around, but they increased by orders of a magnitude following the acceptance of evolutionary theory. This is an atheist telling on his own people because he knows the truth. The litany is familiar. Cold, dispassionate, objective, modern science shows us that races can be ranked on a scale of superiority. You know the only reason why they're not studying you right now is because they won't allow them to, like Christians will call them out, and they'll lose their grants. But you know what? Just a couple years ago, the founder of the, double, uh, the Helix, the DNA Helix, pretty smart guy if you understand the DNA Helix, he discovered it. Guess what he did? He's 79. He doesn't care. You know what he did? He broke ranks. He went to Africa, and he started doing DNA tests on them. You know what he found out? This is what he said he's found out there. He said, all the social sciences are based on the fact that their intelligence is the same as ours, whereas the testing says they're really not. Right now, there's an uproar coming into the scientific community going, we need to go back to testing the races again. You say, Pastor, I don't even know if I believe that. Oh, yeah, here in 2013, a man wrote, he said, yeah, we all are of the same species, that's right, but just as a poodle and a beagle are of the same species, but poodles in general are smarter than beagles, beagles, and and beagles have a much better sense of smell, so is true with races. They begin to talk about us now like we're beagles. Now, you say, Pastor, why did that happen? Well, 1916, this is after slavery is abolished, this is after the Civil War. Here you have the uh, Aborigine people. This is being done by National Geographic. This is what they write. Aboriginal Australians called savages who rank lowest in intelligence among all human beings. They started killing them and putting them into museums, taking their heads and comparing them, calling them the missing links. Why did they do that? Because this is what they were told our missing links were. And now I went to a racist website, and guess what they do? They do it again. They say, oh, this is a missing link. Well, look at him. Look at his nose. Look at his lips. Look at his eyebrows. We found the missing link. Now, guess what? It was Christians all along that said there's one race, the human race. It was Christians all along. Now, Christians could have been deceived and taught wrong things. Don't get me wrong, but it's the Bible. Clearly, the Bible teaches one race, the human race, does it not? And guess what? They want to bring us right back to this, boys and girls, because there's a missing link, right? Looks just like the pictures. That's a modern-day aborigine. Looks just like an ape, doesn't it? So now let's put them in human zoos. Look up human zoos sometimes. They put the aborigines in zoos. They took the pygmies and put them in zoos. Why did people do that? Because they had a worldview. Why do you think people are acting the way they do right now? It's because they have a worldview. Can I show you something that will blow your mind? You ain't ready for this. Somebody say prove it. Right now they want to be able to kill children outside of the womb all the way up to one years old because they believe in evolution. Not only do they want to do tests on different races, they want to be able to kill children. This is not some phony website. Do you understand? Your pastor got research here. This is BMJ Journal of Medical Ethics. This is, this is a journal for the medical field. These are two Ph.D. doctors. You know what their paper was written about? After birth abortion. Why should the baby live? Their whole point is we already kill the baby in the womb. Why not kill it outside of the womb? Look at what they, this is right now. When was this paper published? 2012. 
Abortion is, this is the summary of the paper, abortion is largely accepted for reasons that do not have anything to do with the fetus's health. So this is what they say. In our country, we can kill the baby even though it's healthy. And that's legal, right? Most of the babies kill. We shouldn't kill them unhealthy, of course. But they're saying, you already know in our country, we kill babies that are healthy all the time. Now watch. By showing that, number one, both fetuses and newborns don't have the same moral status of actual persons. He's going to now end by saying we can kill them. They, they, he is saying that you inside the womb do not have the, the ability to become a person unless somebody else decides you have that ability. The 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 quality or moral status of a person is dependent upon somebody else. If your parents don't want you, you don't have the moral status of a person, whether you've been born or not. Did you understand what it just said there? The fact that both, both what, fetuses and newborns are potential persons is morally irrelevant. Just because you are a potential person, it's irrelevant. Verse, uh, verse 3 of the devil's book, point number 3. An adoption is not always the best interest of actual people. The authors argue. I don't put one word in these, uh, these demonic people's mouths. The authors argue. They say it of themselves. We argue that what we call afterbirth abortion, now just clarify in case you don't know what they mean by afterbirth abortion, killing a newborn should be permissible. In all cases where abortion is, including cases where the newborn is not disabled. So in their mind, of course you can kill a newborn that's disabled. You probably should. That's what Margaret Sanger wanted to do is kill all the mentally ill as well. That's what Hitler wanted to do. Not only get rid of all the rats and the people he thought were rats like Jewish people, he wanted to kill all of his own mentally retarded people. And now they're saying, hey, hey we ain't just going to have that privilege of killing them if they're sick. You can kill them if you don't want them because you, mom, get to determine whether or not your child is an actual person. Here's the one decision. You want your child at one years old, then it gets the rights of a person. You don't want it, you can kill it. And you don't think it matters. Come on, somebody. This is what happens when we traded the truth of God for a lie. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, some people say, Pastor, you know what, man? You just, the way you put up all those slides, you were slick. But, you know, not everybody's really like that. As I said, I'm glad not everybody's like that. I'm glad there's atheists, evolutionists, hypocrites. I'm glad they're hypocrites. I'm glad they're not living like this and trying to kill their one-year-old today. But I want to show you. In a book written by an atheist called The Atheist Guide to Reality, this is what he tells you what atheists should live like. So really, he talks to them kind of like I'm talking to you as Christians. We should be real radical Christians. He kind of tells the atheists, hey, toughen up. Be atheists. This is what he says. Is there a God? No. What's the nature of reality? Whatever physics says it is. Now, how many know he already contradicted himself? Physics doesn't say anything, Jack. You learned physics. Now, how did you learn how to know what physics is? And how does physics make sense anyways, right? But let's just keep going. Watch this. What is the purpose of the universe? There is none contradicted himself. Then why did you write a book then if there's no purpose? Does your book have a purpose? There's one purpose now, at least the book. And it's a stupid book at that. So thank you for writing a stupid book. That's the purpose for me to make fun of it in my church. What's the meaning of life? There is none. Why am I here? Just dumb luck. Does prayer work? Of course not. Now watch this. Is there a soul? Is it immortal? Are you kidding? Is there free will? Not a chance. Now watch this. Every single person 
Who believes in what we just talked about right here has to admit one thing. They don't got a soul, and there is certainly no free will. If I shake up a can of pop and I open it and it fizzes, did it have a free will? That's all your brain is right now is just fizz, fizzing anger, fizzing being upset. You don't have a free will. You are just a molecule in motion, baby. You're just somewhere in here, and you will be forgotten, and it don't matter anything about you. These, you know where, you know where he got his degree from, John Hopkins? These people are in the world of the education, some of the highest levels. You can get his book. I mentioned it here at the bottom. Let's just keep going and see what he says. He says, there's no purpose to life. You don't even have a free will. You're just a molecule of motion. Keep going. Now watch. What happens after I die? Life keeps going on pretty much as it did before. Watch this right here, verse, uh, verse 10, point 10. What is the difference between right and wrong, good and bad? What does this atheist say in this book? There is none. Get over it. There's no moral difference. You rape your daughter, you take care of your daughter. You eat your daughter, there is no difference. So why should we be moral then? Because it feels better than being immoral. Yeah, but what if being immoral feels good? Well, do it because there's no difference. How about this? Now just to make sure, because they are clear people. Do you understand? I don't have to put no words in their mouth. He gets very clear. He could have stopped right there. Is there any difference of morality? But in his own book, he asks himself the questions and answers them. He put in number 12, is abortion? killing children, euthanasia, killing old people, suicide, paying taxes, foreign aid, or anything else you don't like, forbidden, permissible, or sometimes obligatory. What does he say right here, friends? Come on, somebody say anything goes. He tells you clearly, anything in this spiraling world of evolution goes. So Hitler won. He got the rape, pillage, kill everybody want, kill himself at the end. He, he did a good atheist evolutionary life. But how many know, according to our Bible, he went right to hell and faced God on Judgment Day? You see, even at the end of his book, this, you can get his book right here, just to show you guys that I'm just giving you facts from these people. I'm going to let you uh, see what the book looks like, The Atheist Guide to Reality, Enjoying Life Without Illusions. I want you to see today that I've told you in their own words. Now, how many want to believe evolution? All right? Let's see if this will open up right here for us. Here it is. The Atheist Guide to Reality. Now, I just want to go down here a little bit so you guys can see. This was not a fringe book. This was not from a fringe author. Boston Globe reviewed it, said, A tough taste of the intellectual metal of the armchair atheist and those teetering between faith and committing to life without it. So it's get real. Boston Globe read it and said, You want to be an atheist? And live like Alex Rosenberg. Here's a review from Lawrence Krauss. What's his book right here? A Universe from Nothing. Somebody say the fool said in his heart. <laughs> a fool said in his heart, a universe from nothing. Look at what he said. Uh, the atheist guide to reality will, like the best scholarship in science, remove you from your comfort zone, and that is the only way to gain new and better perspectives of our place in the cosmos. What in the world stops somebody else from eating him right now saying, that's my better place? You just told me anything goes. My better place is to have you with barbecue sauce, Jack. You see how they live in a contradiction? Do you see it, my friends? But look at how he ends right at the end. This is the last paragraph of his book. He said, the self, the person, the eye inside the body is an illusion along with all these others. His grand crescendo at the end of the book is if evolution is true, you're actually not even a self. You don't even exist. You're just seeing things as the chemicals are happening. How many know that's full of the devil? You know you're a self. 
So I got all the further study here today for you. Like I said, 100 hours worth of books to read. I, I, I took my time to give you blogs and videos. You want to learn more about dinosaurs. You want to watch these things with your children. I show here how young earth creationists have made these predictions. They, they continually get proven true, and then the people just ignore us. So just for an example, we sent out a satellite into space around the late 80s and early 90s to find out the magnetic fields of Uranus and Neptune. Well, if it's a young Earth, you know, the scientists said we should have uh, young uh, magnetics going on there, a young magnetical field. And so the evolutionists said, well, it's an old planetary system. There shouldn't be a lot of these uh, magnetic fields left. Well, they go there, and they find that there, there are a lot of magnetic fields there. So guess what the evolutionist does? Oh, he says, I guess that magnetic fields can last a long time. Do you get this? Same thing with the Neanderthal. They believed at one point the Neanderthal wasn't even in the tree of humanity. It just went off into its own tree. And we said, no, it's part of us. And this was done in the 80s. You can find us. And they would laugh at us. And then they do the DNA and they go, yeah, Neanderthals were actually people. And they lived in their own little space. And some of us have upwards of 20% of their DNA in us. They were humans. Now they just call them archaic humans. And you know what happened to the Christians who were around at that time who wanted to keep taking in the worldview of the world and put it into the Bible? They go, oh, okay, we'll believe it. We'll believe it. Whatever you say, we'll believe. So then they said, Neanderthals were hominids that didn't have a soul. And that got to be really hard to believe after we started finding the Neanderthals with tools. And then we started finding them with flutes and instruments. And then we started finding them burying their own dead. <laughs> so now you've got this walking thing that looks just like a man, talks like a man, plays a flute like a man. But some dumb Christian is going to call it a soulless man because they wanted to follow the ways of the world. I'll stay with the Bible every time. So what should we do when we hear Christians talk like this? And I mean, if they're a real Christian and they want to gather up these other theories, is we should show them what they contradict in our Bible when they believe them. Because remember when we showed you our foundation, those first 11 chapters of the Bible? Can I show you quickly, right here, 13 doctrines that come from those 11 chapters of our Bible? And chapter, uh, in, in Genesis chapter 1, we learned that, the God, that our God is a good creator, don't we? You make that the story of evolution. God's not a good creator. What else do we learn? That God has power in his word. That every time he speaks, things happen. Well, that's why the Red Sea can part. That's why Jesus can walk on water. What else do we see? We see the creativity of God. We look at what he made and say, this is beautiful. Imagine what the original must have been. We look at one human race. That's why even now, with all these people doing their research, what would I do? Joe, what would you do if this guy who discovered the DNA helix finds that now Africans finally can be proven to be a sub-race sub or aborigines? What would I do? I would say he's full of the devil. Because I would say whatever science he's doing right now, we're going to show that it's wrong. But you see Christians, again... See, like I said, did slavery exist before Darwin? Oh, yeah. But right around the time of the Civil War, what did everybody want to believe about their black slave? They're not a real person. And Darwin told me. So we ain't changing what we believe. So does sometimes science, they come out with something that seems amazing? Yeah. But we have to check it by our worldview. I'm not just jumping off the boat. Amen? We get the doctrine of marriage from the Bible. We get the doctrine of procreation from the first 11 chapters of the Bible. Family order, human dominion, the fall of sin, and the reason why the earth is cursed, and the doctrine of the coming serpent crusher. Some people make fun of us, say that serpent's not real. Well, if it's not real, why did Jesus die on the cross then? To defeat that talking serpent that devil who came in that garden. So I believe in that. Yes, I do. How about holiness? The first holiness code is to wear clothes. And are you glad you're wearing them today? 
because God made us close. Now we know we have to be holy before him. And then you know what? We get a taste in the end of the Bible of what it's like. And guess what the end of the Bible's like? Right at the beginning. So let me just say this in closing as Adam comes. Don't give up your worldview. Don't give it up when you watch a documentary. Because this is what they want to say. Hey, just put your Bible aside and let's just talk science. So the moment you toss your Bible aside and come to neutral ground, they've already won. They've already convinced you that they're right. Do they take off their worldview? Does Oprah stop being who Oprah is when she talks? No. Everywhere Oprah goes, she talks that way. So we should be who we are. Believe your worldview. Do it in love. We love people. But we don't give up our ground. Amen? So once again, where do they get their logic and uniformity of nature from and morality from? According to them, it doesn't even exist, does it? You're not even a self-to-do logic. So this is what I do with them, by the way. I won't even argue over the finches. I don't even argue over the science. You know what I do? I argue right here. Because if all you are is an evolved worm, why does logic work? And why are you so upset when you say I don't use it right? Tell me what you're basing your life on. Because you don't get it from the goo. You get it from God's word. So when we do science, and we should do science, and if you're a young person here and you want to do it, we pray for you, and all the older people here who continue to like to learn things, do it through the view of God. Do it through what God did. God was the only one there, folks. And I want to end with this one because this is my favorite one. Because if we can believe creation, we can believe the consummation. You see, when I believe that there's a God who made everything good, I now understand why the fall of sin corrupted it, why he had to judge the world, and that's why there's places like the Grand Canyon because of the massive flood. And then why are there different cultures? Why are the Aborigines so different than us that weren't in the Aborigine culture? Or why are Asians so different from non-Asians? Because when the Tower of Babel came, we separate according to our language and then only had our culture to be with. That's why the light skin stayed light skin, like Scandinavian. Dark skin stayed dark skin. Small people stayed small. And they had their own attributes. But as people showed, when a, when a Scandinavian, an Australian, with an Aborigine get together, children look totally different. Can't do that with animals. We're not animals. We're human beings. We all just look different. Now, some people like to say, was Jesus, uh, you know, uh, is he white or black? I just like to go with the one story that says the man gets up there, he goes to meet Jesus, and Jesus says, que paso? So he was neither white or black. He's Hispanic. I'm half kidding. But I got a big Latino church here. You all like that one, right? So what difference does it make? We're all, this is all just dirt, melon, melanin, right? I mean, but we're human. We're not human because of our skin or the way our eyes look or the way our nose looks. We're human because of who we were made and what image. We were made in the image of God. And so guess what? If the creation is right and the fall is right and the Noah's flood is true and the different cultures are true, then guess what else is true? The cross. Because Jesus died for every person that had fallen into sin. And then he rose from the dead. And then he's going to come back again. So when I hear people say, I can't believe Genesis chapter 1, I ask them, then why do you believe Revelation chapter 22? Because that's what I would like to read in closing. And you tell me if it sounds somewhat familiar to what we learned today in church. Look at Revelation chapter 22. Jesus is speaking about what it's going to be like here. He sends the angel, and he showed me the river. John's writing down what Jesus is showing him. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. Wasn't there a river in the Garden of Eden? Yes, there was. As clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. So now, actually, the heavenly realms, 
where the streets are gold up there and all those things where the throne is, guess what? We now see it on earth. So we not only get the Garden of Eden restored, but we get more. Now the throne is down here, and the river comes from that throne. But keep reading. On each side of the river stood the tree of life. Oh, that tree of life, that was just, that was just a parable. That wasn't, there wasn't really a tree of life or the tree of knowledge and good and evil. Oh, that's all parabolic. Oh, it is? Because it says here, on the side of that river is the tree of life. And it bears 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of that tree are healing of the nations. Because doesn't the Bible say every nation, tribe, and tongue is there? Praise God. So how do we all get along? We eat that fruit. Amen? No longer will there be any curse. So that curse was real back then, wasn't it? But now there's no more curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in that city, and His servants will serve them. Serve him. They will see his face and his name will be written on their foreheads. There will be no more night. Now we get an upgrade. There will be no need of a lamp that comes, the light that comes from a lamp or the light of the sun. See, he said all along, you don't really need a sun. For the Lord God will give them light and they will reign with him forever and ever. If you believe that, will you stand up with me today? Come on, let's give it up for Jesus in the house. Come on, give it up for Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah if you believe it. This is our great message today. Band and altar workers, would you come please? Our great message to the world is that you're special. And the same God who created us is coming to consume, to consummate us. Not consume us, but consummate us, complete us. Let me say it like this. The same God who created us is going to complete us. Can you put up, brother, for me, the doxology from whom all blessings flow? I want to sing that in closing. But I want us to pray before we sing that famous hymn right now. Would you close your eyes and look at your heart? Maybe you came here today and you believed in evolution and you just said, man, that's just what I was taught, pastor. That's all that I knew. But now you want to repent of that and say, Lord, I'm sorry for making you out to be that way or thinking about you that way. Would you do that? Or if you came here today and you maybe made fun of Christians who thought about God this way and you thought we didn't have any facts, now you can repent before your God because it is true. It's not just because we're sticking our head in the sand. It makes the most sense. It's what we believe because of what we see and what God has done. And if you're here today and you've ever been racist or you've ever lived like a sinner and made the excuse... Well, it doesn't matter anyway. We're all just animals. Repent. You're a creature of God. You were made in his image. And now, as we pray, come on, for our families and our community, lift up needs that you can see where the wrong worldview has brought the bad fruit and where you want to correct it. Maybe you believe in justice and you want to see justice come through our police department and our politics. Start praying that people will have a godly worldview. Because you can't treat your neighbor as yourself unless you actually believe you're a self, right? If you're an animal, it's a dog-eat-dog world. But if you want the, politic, uh, the politicians and the police officers to be right, pray that they get a Christian worldview. Racist, get a Christian worldview. How about today for your schools? Maybe you got professors, young people, or teachers. Pray for them. And now some of you make it practical. Are you living in a way that God would be pleased upon the earth he created with the body he gave you? 
If you're not, repent for the things you're doing on His earth with His resources. This all belongs to Him, folks. And ask Him to change you right now because you will be judged on what you do on His earth. This doesn't belong to you. Just like if I came home and somebody was in my backyard committing a crime, I'd be like, you don't have the right to do that here. You're trespassing. What do you think hell is, friends? Hell is a place for the punishment for those who don't want to do things God's way on His planet. If you don't want to do it, there's a place you can go. But let's pray right now that people don't go there. Jesus, change us from the inside out. 